Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Chapter 54 of The Death Shot. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Thomas Bosk. The Death Shot. By Captain Maine Reed. Chapter fifty four. Writing Double. With Colonel Armstrong's voice and tone of heartrending anguish, goes up that of Dupree calling the names Helen, Jesse. Neither gets response. They on whom they call cannot hear. They are too far off, though nearer it would be all the same, for both are at the moment hooded like hawks. The serapes thrown over their heads are still on them corded around their necks so closely as to hinder hearing, almost stifle their breathing. Since their seizure nearly an hour has elapsed, and they are scarce yet recovered from the first shock of surprise so terrible as to have stupefied them. No wonder. What they saw before being blinded with the rough treatment received were enough to deprive them of their senses. From the chaos of thought, as from a dread dream, both are now gradually recovering. But alas, only to reflect on new fears on the dark future before them, captive to such captors, red, ruthless savages, whose naked arms already around have held them in brawny embrace, carried away from home, from all they hold dear, into a captivity seeming hopeless as horrid, to the western woman especially repulsive, by songs sung over her cradle, and tales told throughout her years of childhood, tales of Indian atrocity. The memory of these now recurring, with the reality itself not strange that for a time their thoughts as their senses are almost paralyzed slowly they awake to a consciousness of their situation they remember what occurred at the moment of their being made captive how in the clear moonlight they stood face to face with fernand listened to his impertinent speeches saw the savages surrounding them then suddenly blinded and seeing no more felt themselves seized lifted from their feet carried off hoisted a little higher set upon the backs of horses, and there tied, each to a man already mounted. All these incidents they remember, as one recalls the fleeting phantasmagoria of a dream. But that they were real, and not fanciful, they now too surely know, for the hoods are over their heads, the horses underneath, and the savages to whom they were strapped still there, their bodies in repulsive contact with their own. That there are only two men, and as many horses, can be told by the hoof-strokes rebounding from the turf, the same sounds proclaiming it a forest path through thick timber, at intervals emerging into open ground, and again entering among trees. For over an hour this continues, during all the while not a word being exchanged between the two horsemen, or if so, not heard by their captives. 
Possibly they may communicate with one another by signs or whispers. As for most part, the horses have been abreast, going in single file only where the path is narrow. At length a halt, of such continuance as to make the captives suppose they have arrived at some place where they are to pass the remainder of the night. Or it may be but an obstruction, this probable from their hearing a sound, easily understood, the ripple of running water. They have arrived upon the bank of a river. The San Saba, of course, it cannot be any other. Whether or not, tis the same to them. On the banks of the San Saba they are now no safer than if it were the remotest stream in all the territory of Texas. Whatever be the river, whose waters they can hear coursing past, their guards, now halted upon its bank, have drawn their horses' heads together, and carry on a conversation. It seems in a strange tongue, but of this the captives cannot be sure, for it is in a low tone, almost a whisper, the words indistinguishable amid the rush of the river's current. If heard, it is not likely they would understand. The two men are Indians, and will talk in the Indian tongue. For this same reason they need have no fear of freely conversing with one another, since the savages will be equally unable to comprehend what they say. To Helen this thought first presents itself, soon as it does, leading her to call, though timidly and in a subdued tone, Jess. She is answered in the same way, Jessie saying, Helen, I hear you. I only wanted to say a word to cheer you. Have courage. Keep up your heart. It looks dark now, but something may rise up to save us. End of chapter 54